What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're coming at you with a Put You Up. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's Prince Paul's debut album, A Prince Among Thieves. And this is one that you actually had me listen to maybe about a year and a half ago. It was after we started yeah. the podcast. You suggested that I listen to this. Yep. And the release date was February 23rd, 1999. And so since that's right around the corner, we figured, hey, let's do a, a Put You Up. It seems like a timely topic of discussion yeah so i guess i'll just go straight into the sure. where were you it's funny because i i would have like older folks like my cousin man and some of the the older people that i knew and i would always see this cd in their collection mm. but I, I didn't know who it was and i was like yeah prince paul the fuck is that like like this is at the time this is like you know snoop dogg and you know whoever else is are the big artists so i had never heard of prince paul at the time oh, okay um and so i didn't really take in this album until college okay and I want to say either J or E put me onto this, this okay. album. E loves this album. Yeah, he's the one who um, I initially found out about this album because of Ibrahim. Yeah. Ibrahim. And we both just, you know, I mean, in conversation, there's random, you know, non sequiturs, <laughs> us quoting this album, because uh, I just think it's it's just a masterpiece. Okay. Um, which you may not agree with, it seems. But, uh, but you know, we can get it's into It's not that. my flavor, but I so. don't dislike it. Yeah, actually, that's a lot. The Where Were You for me, I remember we we revisited this in college, but it was high school for me. Okay. I listened to this album, and I don't know how I got onto it, but when I was in high school in Belgium, I found this album, and okay. I just remember listening to it every morning on the way to on the way to school. Like I just thought it was so amazing. Okay. Um. But yeah, and then again in college, I think this was one of those albums that me, Jay, and E kind of we all had an appreciation for it, okay. so we would talk that about it a lot. But uh. But yeah, where were you? So this is '99. So this is right around the time where Things Fall Apart is coming out, and my brother was put me on to that. So that's what I was listening to when this came out. Oh. I knew who Prince Paul was because I was into Wu-Tang. And okay. if you're into Wu-Tang, that means you're into RZA, which right, means you're right. familiar with Gravediggers, which was supposedly yep. was a project that Prince Paul helped put together, even though I don't think he actually contributed any music to the project. I thought but I think he the, was the producer at the time. So supposedly that is the, like he's listed in credits, but uh -huh. I don't think he actually contributed any of the music. I think it was just a project that he helped put together right. with the RZA because, you know, they're, they're cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that Prince Paul was the, one of the producers for De La Soul's early yeah, music. I didn't yeah. find that out until oh, after okay. the fact. But I, I didn't even find out I, about I'm gonna this album. I'm going to have to do my research on the Gravediggers thing because yeah. in my mind, I thought that Prince Paul was the producer and this is before RZA you know, kind of took the mantle as the, as the mastermind behind He's definitely all listed as a producer and I okay. think that there's a couple tracks here and there where he may have co-produced but I'm not actually sure. Mm. I think when I actually did the research into it, I, I think I saw that at least on one of them, because I, there's at least two Gravedigger projects, mm -hmm. and at least on one of them, he's still listed as a producer, even, despite the fact he didn't contribute any music to yeah, the project. Yeah, it's the first one that, that everybody okay. talks about. So, yeah. so I was familiar with who Prince Paul was, but I didn't mm -hmm. know about this album until Ibrahima kept talking about it in college right, right. Like, yo it's a whole movie dog you gotta listen to it, it is, so because yeah. I think that what happened was the sticky thing is 
album came out and that was like and I was movie. putting everybody and a lot of people it. were saying well did you listen to the Prince Paul Prince of right, the right. you gotta listen to that one too yeah. but the first time I listened to this was probably when you suggested I listen to it which was uh-huh. had to be 2017 okay. it was the first time I listened to it and then again mm. when we decided to do the put you up for this for this album I yeah. listened to it again yeah so yeah so I remember I guess I'm now I'm kind of jumping to the critical reception but I remember folks around me like having real mixed opinions on it like okay. us like hip-hop snobs hip-hop heads were like this is amazing this is a it's so visual in the way the story is told that you can follow along with it in such a great way and like you said sticky fingers came out with black trash also to kind of mix reviews uh, i think this one is kind of lauded more universally than the than sticky fingers project mm-hmm. is but like you said, every time you try to put somebody up on the sticky fingers, it's like, oh, but have you have you heard Prince right, among right, these? Right. But uh, I remember Sandra's hated this, and we kept trying to put her on to it, and she'd be like, the beats, the beats are just, I just, I, I'm not feeling the beats. I'm not gonna follow the story if I don't feel the beats. And and That's I heard an that interesting from uh, criticism some because other the people beats as are well. Not bad. Yeah. Some of them are a little dated. Mm-hmm. We just talked, we discussed that pre-show how some of these beats sound like they might have been good beats back in 94 right but and other ones didn't have the best drums on them but still yeah i mean now with the musical knowledge that i have yeah which i mean probably back then i probably would have been able to make the same assertion but you can really hear him kind of borrowing from riz's canon yeah um, in so. the pr- production here and um obviously not quite executing it the way rizzo would execute it but i think the other thing too is if you think about if you put this in the context so it's released 1999 right. but it's actually recorded in 97 98 which uh-huh. i think makes sense for a few of the tracks because yeah. some of the other projects that were coming around at time sound a lot more polished than some of the tracks on this album yeah. doesn't say that the the album sounds raw at all i'm not mm-hmm. saying that but there's just more polish on mm-hmm. some of the albums that came out at the same time yeah so anyway there there's like a, an article and i'm gonna butcher it so i'm not even gonna try to be precise about it but there was an article about this project that talked about how he basically recorded like this whole shit track for track in the asr 10 okay and like and just pieced it all together himself and supposedly he didn't tell anybody working on the project about anybody else's pieces interesting so he would he basically would have you come in and he'd be like i want you to say i want you to say this or i want you to rap this on this beat okay and nobody heard the finished product until he pieced the whole thing together and then he played it for them that's actually cool which is pretty amazing yeah, when you I think about like it that, that cool. the whole storyline existed in his head but nobody else had an idea of what was going on that's cool. and people just kind of came in and contributed here and there and then it made this you know kind of well i'm sure that shah and breeze knew what was going on because they're featured throughout on like track. every every track yeah. yeah i mean you know obviously all the, the things like this do get an urban legend yeah but the way he tells the story is that nobody else had an idea of what what was going to happen in the story until okay. it was and then you totally pieced it together cool um so let's see uh, you want to go highlights well let's just talk about what the album is for folks oh, yeah, who are true. unfamiliar so true. if you're unfamiliar with this album it's essentially it's like it's like a movie it's like a story yeah. it's like a script uh, there's what 33 tracks or however many there's a lot of tracks yeah. on here a lot of them um, are skits uh, but yeah a lot of them are skits it's only 77 right. minutes long so despite the the track length or the, yeah. the, tr- the number of tracks is you know not that long right. but um yeah there's a lot of skits on here and 
yeah as, as you're listening to it you can definitely visualize the movie or the story that he is trying to put forth to the to the audience so no crazy spoilers but essentially it's the story of you know two guys that are childhood friends one of them's a hustler the other one is like kind of more of a squeaky clean guy just wanted to do music um mm-hmm. you know just was trying to rap and trying to get on he somehow got some sort of connection where you know he got the attention of RZA, and so RZA basically asked him to put together a, a demo tape, and then you know bring the demo tape in. If the people like the demo tape, they're gonna give him a record deal. So right. he's super excited about it, but he needs his friend who's a hustler to help him get the money together so that he can put t- this demo uh, together. And then you know you get this whole story, uh, you know, over this time of him trying to create this demo of you know tragedy triumph jealousy envy greed lust right. all of, all of the the seven, the sins, seven deadly sins right <laughs> you know uh that that make up the story of you know the these two cats that are kind of trying to figure out this situation but really dope joint really dope plot and there are certain twists in the plot and you know things that he goes through you know as the protagonist okay so, so you, yeah. my highlights yeah. So I'll just go with the general highlights first. I do like the concept and I mm-hmm. liked the attempt of what he tried to do. It was a really mm-hmm. massive project for him to try to do. I mean, you have to mm-hmm. write the story, you have to write the script, if you will, and yeah. then you have to write the music, the songs, or come up with the songs that you want to appear as like your 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 music videos, if you right. will, your um the soundtracking of the movie like you have to come up with the songs to to work in place with that Mm -hmm. and then you have to get all the the features in there as well Mm -hmm. i think that that goes into my next highlight which is the features i do Mm -hmm. like the features on here you got big daddy kane you got de la soul exhibit sadat x even everlast has a good appearance in there so i do like a lot of the the features that you have and i'm comfortable calling it a masterpiece just because it does work mm. and it it is fully executed mm-hmm. it's not a masterpiece in the sense that it's not something that i really took to mm. but at the same time like it's just because it's just not my flavor not mm. because it's a heavily flawed project um, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's, it's perfect in certain places but i'm just saying yeah. like the idea that i think he wanted to do like it all came together and so from that perspective it's like yeah like this is a a masterpiece of sorts so that is my highlight in terms of some of the more individual track highlights obviously i like the beat on the demo the what you got uh that beat i've I've heard several times before and other (laughs) mcs have ripped it it's it's a classic joint Mm -hmm. you also have the the weapon world with cool keith i really like that that. along with the maculous theory so that's big daddy kane's feature and then the i like it the track with the de la soul Mm -hmm. um i kind of liked it i or more than you know i think Mm -hmm. that was a single Mm -hmm. and so and then obviously the the main one for me is the joint with sadat x exhibit and kid creole handle your time i really Mm -hmm. like that track um something about sadat x like whenever i hear his voice like my ears just immediately you know peek up like i'm automatically intrigued about what he's gonna say (laughs) just i don't know something about him but uh yeah so those are those are my highlights on Mm -hmm. here yeah what are some of your highlights so like i said i think the story is amazing personally obviously i don't again want to completely give it away because i i invite everybody who listens to this podcast please just go listen to this album Mm -hmm. um you know whether you love it or hate it this is something to me that's important from a hip-hop perspective but i like that the story begins at the ending yeah and then they kind of tell you the story that got you there so it's a circle Mm -hmm. right kind of an unbroken circle if you listen to it 
you can listen to the last track and then start the album all over again and mm-hmm. and like you can literally listen to it on loop and the circle is kind of unbroken so right. i thought that was a really dope to me breeze overflowing is a, is a highlight yeah. um i think breeze gives us a great character something that he used to always say that i think i kind of got over time was he said classic albums don't have hot beats and I was kind of like, I'm you not know, sure if I agree with and, that. And his, fact, you know, his, I, I his premise is his that. premise essentially. I mean, you haven't even let me explain it. I but his, his premise is is basically that it's kind of like the the greatest albums are like a sum of all of these parts, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it, it's kind of similar when you look at like like team sports, like your your basketballs and footballs, right? It's right. like it's like you kind of want the sum of all the parts to be greater than just one thing, and so a lot of times you'll get music that has like a hot beat and you're you're like yeah i love this hot beat but like it doesn't necessarily become a timeless piece of music because the beat is doing all the work or the mc is doing all the work or you know vice versa so i think yeah, I, I still I think, disagree with that premise <laughs> even after, after, after having heard that because anyway. there's so many classic albums that have hot beats on them all hot beats I thought you said that classic albums don't have hot beats. He was talking about the general premise of of what makes a classic album. And he was like, yeah, typically it's not like the hottest beats. Like whoever has the hottest beats oh, at the time okay. is what makes like a great album. Which I think what he was trying to say is essentially that it's a sum of multiple parts that come together to make something that's great. It's an interesting way to phrase and it. Because so, the, way, the way that was phrased, it made me think that like, yeah, there's no classic albums with hot beats on them. Like, I'm not sure if that's no. true. But anyway, okay. Yeah, I, okay. Don't, I don't think that that would make sense but uh so yeah so i mean what i'm trying to say back to my point is that this i think is is a great example of that in that i don't think that the production is necessarily stellar here Mm -hmm. and i know you think that breeze is not a good mc i think he and shaw are both subpar i think breeze is dope and i think that breeze is the kind of like the perfect narrator here because one Breeze isn't so big that we've attributed something to his character or persona. We talked about Belly and how, mm-hmm. you know, DMX is kind of such a larger than life character that we attributed DMX to his character. So, yeah. you know, had had his character not kind of been written in a way that he already was kind of being himself, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked because mentally we would have said DMX is this and we're seeing him on screen as this unless he he was an incredible actor that yeah. could that could kind of do that. So here we have Breeze who is a fairly unknown MC. Like I was aware of him because I was into super you know the Juggernauts and and all all this like you know super underground stuff. But he's not somebody that had such a big identity that I couldn't follow him as Tariq. So he was Tariq to me, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you know. Tariq was kind of mildly soft-spoken. You know, he wasn't the the extrovert of the of the pair of him and Shah. You know, he was kind of supposed to be like the good kid. He just he bothered his sister and he went out. You know, tried to be cool. You know, on the weekends had like a shitty job. Like you know, he was just a regular dude. And I, I think he really did a good job of of that. Like, and then the production wasn't so crazy that it overshadowed him because as an MC, I don't think he's type a enough mm-hmm. to command an album normally if like if the production was crazy i feel like it, it, he would kind of get lost okay and so i think the production was subdued enough that it allowed us to traverse through his story and like you know really just get it and i so i, I enjoyed that again the way the production and he kind of worked together the features i thought were great again you know 
I really liked Steady Slobbin. Mm -hmm. I thought Heroin was amazing. And her, her feature on the other line where they're going back and forth and she's calling to try to help him get out of work. And then... And then she's calling from a drug dealer's phone, so random <laughs> other hustlers and fiends are calling the phone, and she, she has to keep clicking over. It kind of reminds me of that time frame back when you did have to like right. click over on a phone like that. So that was dope. Weapon World, uh, Cool Keith, who I have mixed feelings about, yeah. was amazing on that. And the yeah. whole story of Crazy Lou was hilarious to me. Some of the skits in, in here were hilarious to me. Count Macula skit was hilarious to me. Big Daddy Kane is Big Daddy Kane, so you know he's going to be amazing. Right. I thought Breeze killed Put the Next Man On. I thought Everlast killed The Men in Blue. Uh, and Handle Your Time was cool just because I was happy that I got Sadat and Exhibit on there. I don't think it was either of their best verses. No, but, but, but it was, it was just cool, cool to have them there. Yeah. And then we talked about this on the way in, but uh, the sermon, <laughs> whoever that pastor is. He said, et cetera, et cetera, heat your black ass up like a sweater to. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. So I think those are my highlights. Okay. Go to the low lights. Well, yeah, you mentioned one of your highlights is actually my biggest low light is mm -hmm. Breeze. I think yeah. he's very subpar. I don't like him as a narrator. I don't like mm -hmm. his voice. I don't like him as an MC. I don't like his lyrics whatever and yeah. i and i don't think it's necessarily a point that we had to argue i yeah. think it's clear that we just have entirely different yep. feelings about it and that's that's gonna be it yeah. um shaw as well i yeah. hated him even more i hated his voice even more in the interludes i hated shaw and uh well. i think he's even worse than breeze my question to you would be what did either of these two do after this project because i remember when i looked into this uh, first initially uh -huh. back in 2017 and i looked at like their credits yeah. i don't think they're credited with anything else which mm. kind of backed my theory that i don't think he's very good I think there's a difference between not being good and I mean like I can point to you plenty of great MCs that you know we, we both agree that Big L is a, is a great MC sure. but like what did he ever do I mean that yeah I, I don't I don't think that that's a, a qualifier Fair. right um but Breeze was uh he was a part of I don't know if you're familiar with Weatherman okay so that was like copyright and uh the megahertz crew I know copyright um, for sure yeah so copyright was like kind of the front man of of the megahertz crew and they they had a, a collective called Weatherman and Breeze was down with that Jay Zone put together some uh, a collective of MCs where that he put a project out with Breeze was in that crew uh there was a group called Juggernauts I know Juggernauts uh, Breeze was in Juggernauts. Okay. Um, Breeze was also, and I don't remember which MC it was. It might have been Jen, but one of the the MCs that that won seven seven weeks in a row on 106 and Park. Okay. Breeze won like maybe two weeks in a row. Oh really? And got murdered by somebody. And I don't I don't remember who it was, but I do remember the line: "Breeze ever flowing, you never blowing." And that was the end of the battle, and he lost. But uh, but yeah, dude was dude was fairly active around this time. Um, you know, it's just, you know, what's your definition? For example, heroin, who who's on here? Um, uh, he he rhymed with her. She's to me one of my, you know, if I had to put my top like twenty five female MCs, she'd be on the list. Ty Phoenix was in Juggernauts. Ty Phoenix is to me one of one of the best female MCs I've heard. So I think 
he did stuff it just he wasn't like some huge solo artist well i mean look big l may not have many albums to his name but he also has a litany of hip-hop quotables and freestyles to his names that yeah. everybody who's well-versed in hip-hop knows yeah and breeze to me doesn't have those credits unless you're referring to this album but i, I don't I see don't breeze as a as a songwriter I, I think he's just a dude who I, he had dope bars and I thought he had dope bars on here. That's fair. And I that's thought fair. his style was dope on here. So, that's fair. Yeah. So the other low light to me is that this story is really, really campy. And initially mm. the word that came to my mind when I was listening to it was corny. But I, I think the corny is unfair because that yeah. that suggested it's whack. And I don't think it's whack. I think campy is the perfect word. There's a yeah. lot of slapstick stuff on here. Yeah. Like for example, his mom is berating him in the middle, but his mom sounds like she's 90 years old. Right. You know what I mean? Like is that your mom? Like are you 20, 23 and your mom sounds like See, she's you, you trying too hard on that. Right? But Seriously? like I, but like okay, you right, got to criticize how old his mom no, sounds. No, I'm just no, I'm just saying like it's 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 really really campy. Like they really embellish stuff. Like for example, so the the pimp's name, Big Daddy Kane, Count Macula mm -hmm. or or the officer O Mally Bitchkowski, you have two last names. <laughs> the first name That's is an true. Irish name, and then Bitchkowski but, is a is a, supposed to be like Polish. Right. Like it's it's really really That's also just campy. But but so the, my, the only thing I'll say to to dispute that, which I I, I kind of agree with you, right? But um, are you familiar with Prince Paul's like catalog? Like uh, like handsome boy modeling school and you know like if you if you go through his catalog okay. it's very slapstick corny that like that's that's yeah, his yeah, personality yeah, I got you and 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 that's kind of why I think he jived so well with De La Soul when De La yeah. kind of first came out they were a little campy okay. so I mean I, I think that's just it's, Prince Paul yeah. it's not necessarily a criticism because mm -hmm. um, it's consistent yeah it is very consistent yeah it's just not for me I feel you you know I, what I mean I like. That Some does of it not was appeal really to me. Funny. Yeah, I, I, and that's why that's yeah. why I didn't want to use the word corny because I think yeah. corny suggests that it's whack, and it's like it's not whack. It's just not for me. Yeah, um, I feel the, you. The individual lowlights though, "Move for Love." Mm. What the fuck? That is not a song that I like at all. Yeah, at all. I mean, it makes sense though what, why it's there. Sure. Yeah. Just, but it could have been a better song. I think. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so so yeah. Those are kind of my low lights, though, uh -huh. if you will. This whole thing is Prince Paul's sense of humor. Like even yeah. the fact that the, the song called "The Bust," yeah. <laughs> which is like they bust in, but then like he's also Buster, yeah, 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 like I mean it's just it's real like corny type of sense of humor that 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 Prince Paul has. Like yeah. I mean, if you read him or you listen to him, that that's what he's about. But, but there's like, um, but it also contributes like forget the forget the names right mm -hmm. and forget the characters like the dialogue itself. And how it's delivered is mm. such like classic overacting. Like if we were I, watching this I, in a movie, we would be cringing. I agree, but only for Shaw and not for Breeze. I think Shaw is so bad, right? Shaw's really bad. I think Shaw's bad at rapping, yeah. and I think he must have allowed Shaw to like write his stuff. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like the um the last song where he's talking about like you know you were a prince among thieves, and he's yeah. like he's like, and then I went to your mom's crib. And yeah. I hugged her at the funeral. <laughs> and I, you know, it's just like, Doug, this is way too direct. Like, it's yeah. so bad. Shaw Sha is is a, is my ultimate low light here. Like, I, yeah. I can't even. He made the songs that were just him unlistenable, with the exception of the intro. Yeah. So yeah, Shaw was really bad. Chub Rock was corny, but Chub Rock is corny. 
Yeah, I'm I didn't mind you know, Chopper Rock. It wasn't yeah. a low light for me. Plus, you know, Biz Marquee is doing the beatbox, so yeah. I'm never going to complain about that. Mr. Large. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's really it. I, I thought the kind of Room 69 whole mood for love thing was kind of unnecessary, but it played well, it into the story sense, of how how, the, how he got set up in the whole night. It, it makes sense, though. And yeah. maybe this was, I don't necessarily want to call it a highlight. Mm -hmm. The story actually is pretty good, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the script and all the dialogue and all mm -hmm. the, you know, the back and forth and the actual writing is all that amazing. Right. But the story itself is decent it's somewhat predictable I i'm sure that we've heard we've seen other stories like that in other movies and things mm -hmm. like that but um, this but it's has not, never but it's been done though. in this way right like you yeah, look at yeah, you yeah. look at the time frame right so carmen hip hopper would have come out around this time you know what a i mean i think a little bit later but yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe you know because like, that would have been thousand or something that would have been like 2001 because that would have been yeah. after most Def did his thing Okay. So, and most of the album didn't drop until you know later yeah, this, this year. This is when he was he was dating Beyonce on yeah. the low. Yeah. Oh, um, we're not supposed to, allegedly. Not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> right. yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, you know, this was a time frame where some other folks I think tried to attempt kind of similar things in in some mm -hmm. ways, and a lot of them really failed miserably. You know, and so I think this might have maybe been the one that kind of got it right in its own way. Yeah, like I said, I don't dislike the project, but the problem is, is that I think I like the concept and the overall, I guess, execution of it. Mm -hmm. The fact that he did land it. Yeah. I think I like that more than the actual specific content That's itself. Fair. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a lot of these songs, I just don't like, like the, the beats yeah. are fine. Yeah. I just don't like the song. I think though, you know, this is something where, you know, there's certain friends of mine that they're like, I just can't listen to Chance the Rapper's voice or I just can't listen oh, to Big Sean's voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, if you feel that way about Breeze, it must be tough then to go through the whole story with him as the narrator. Yeah, especially when you have Sean. I, I, mean, I as somebody look, who enjoys Breeze, yeah. I enjoy the story because I'm following him and I'm I'm, I'm here I'm, I think he's dope and I'm I'm enjoying hearing his story but to be narrated to watch it, uh, something that's narrated by somebody who annoys you I feel like would be annoying yeah and I think that especially you know when I listen to what you got the demo right I mean that beat mm -hmm. is fire that beat is fire you know what I mean but then you have these two like even like talking over it and they're still yeah. going through with the dialogue and it's just like let me just I like this that, beat not have y'all two uh, on it and then see. oh we'll throw dmx on there oh we'll you throw jay-z on you there you wanted cool. songs oh, see because the, the thing that i like about that is yeah. that reminds me of like you know we were in college i pick up jay from his spot and he'd be like yo what you got and then i'd be like oh i was working on this beat and i play him a beat and he's like yo let me kick something oh I let me that. hear something yeah. and like i feel like that's a a feeling that's a uh you know a vibe that i that felt very real to me as you know two guys that rap you know breeze is supposed to be the one that he he just focused on rap so he's serious yeah. about rap shah's like yo i hustle but I, I i rap too i could get off too so yeah. you know he raps then then they joking with each other he's like oh all right old timer i see you you know you got something and you'll check out mine you know yeah. and then, then he's, he's telling the story and he's like he's like yeah and then i was gonna have this chick singing you know wanna be starting like the michael she looks she looked like mary J but with big titties word bomb on my mother son <laughs> I, I think the thing for me though the dialogue there was perfect to me the thing for me though is that if like when I listen to these songs when I listen to it it's clear that he is committed to the idea of having like uh, making this thing like a movie it's mm -hmm. clear he's committed to that yeah. so then I 
my film critic mind starts to uh, see starts that's to why that's why you messed up and so but when it does that then i'm like okay well this is a bad line of dialogue and this is <laughs> overacting and this is really campy yeah. and this is kind of goofy here it's like oh it's it's cool and then when i listen to the music though i still think about it from that perspective and it's just like okay well you know, if I'm gonna think about this from the cinematic perspective, then it's got some stuff that is not really appealing to me. And then clearly, if I just want to say, oh well, then turn off that brain and just listen to the from the music perspective, it's really tough for the a lot of the reasons that we already stated. And again, it's not bad. Like I, I mean, no disrespect to this project. If you love this album, I totally, totally get it, and I don't want to be critical of it at all. It's just like I really want to emphasize the point that it's just not my flavor that's fair um, this is not something that i'm probably going to revisit mm. ever unless somebody asks me specifically to revisit i've listened to it twice and i think i think i'm good yeah i think i'm good i might go back and listen to the track with sadat x and exhibit yeah um, and obviously there's some there's some beats on here that i could go back like obviously the what you got the demo that beat is just that beat yeah, is fire and i might even but go you don't back even need to listen the, to that because the beat the beats already yeah, out there and true. people that are better at rapping than them if, if what you want to hear is just beats and bars this is not for you i think the only sequence that i could just like go back into and just listen to like oh i'm in the mood to listen to it and we've already talked about this pre-tape is the crazy lose hideout into the yeah, weapon, weapon world. world yeah just the the cool keith on there you know, cool, cool keith is such an interesting guy he's so odd. it's he's one of those guys where i actually do have i think one of his projects i think it was like uh -huh. space elvis mm. or something something i remember weird. that where he had the plastic fake yeah, hair. yeah 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 um he's one of these people who i am never going to go I, I say this despite the fact that I own his album it's because I was in the store with my cousin he was like yo you should buy this so I bought it and uh -huh. I listened to it I actually listened to it for a couple weeks and you enjoyed it? Uh, I took it in I took it in only, I digested pause. it pause only, per <laughs> only person I know that, that listens to Cool Keith that, that I'm like oh okay is, is E Okay. but E but E's like willing yeah. to try a lot of stuff like yeah, he yeah, yeah. he listened to um What's Mad Lib's alter ego? Oh, he's got Quasimodo, Quasimodo. Lord yeah. Quaz. Yeah. He, he'll listen to albums and albums of Lord Quaz, and I'm like, yeah. this is just Mad Lib with his voice pitched up a few octaves, and he's like, he's like, yeah, but he's a different character, and he's this, like, he's willing to kind of buy into like the alternate realities, yeah. Which a lot of times I'm not, but I definitely was bought in here. I so, really enjoyed this. So the thing about Cool Keith, Cool Keith and that album is that. For one, back then, there was less to listen to. Mm. So when I bought a CD, I really did try to give it a chance, unless it was trash. And it wasn't trash. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's not in the uh, in my pile of CDs that like I would like put on display. Yeah. It's one that's tucked away to, to stay out of the way, so it's not taking up space. <laughs> so nobody sees it. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's just that, like, you know, music, physical music takes up space. Oh, yeah. So there's You some, know I know. Yeah, so there's some things like, look, this doesn't need, I'm not going to throw this away, but it doesn't need to be out. Right, right. This is one of the ones that doesn't need to be out. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other thing about Cool Keith uh, and listening to that album is that if you're someone who is actually interested in rhyming and becoming a lyricist, mm. he's kind of so out there that there are things that you can pick up and learn from him. Even if you're not mm. going to emulate his style, mm -hmm. he's got things that you could probably learn about rhyming. Mm. Um, just, just to pick up little bits and uh, yeah. little things here and there. But what yeah. I was going to say about him is that he's not someone whose projects I'm really going to seek out. But mm. if he's on someone's project, I'm like, oh, cool, Keith. Let me see what you have to say, and I'll, I'll actually pay attention. Yeah, yeah. He's one 
one of those kind of guys for me. Um, and he's yeah. fucking strange, man. He's 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 odd. And I like yeah. I was and, saying, and I, don't no, even, no, I don't even mean it to. I'm not even saying that to be critical. He's and, just out there. And even no no diss to to, to the further <laughs> the further listeners, but yeah, some of his fans are a little strange too, man. I've, I've like I said, I've been to couple of festivals where you know he was there and the folks that surround the stage when my man's on stage are some interesting characters yeah yeah so and, and, it's, and it's it's no diss it's yeah, just not like, at all it's just us acknowledging the fact that you really are in your own lane and <laughs> it's a hundred like it's not an act like it's yeah. just because yeah. it's like it's like for example mf doom right okay. like yeah. you know he's a guy he's wearing a metal mask, uh, metal mask, mask. Yeah. He's he's giving you an alter ego, but you don't have to be totally bought into the, his concept to appreciate his music, yeah. right? Like like yeah. you can appreciate an MF Doom album and never buy into the character, right? But with Cool Keith, you just kind of gotta jump down the <laughs> rabbit hole. Like you gotta just be like, look, all right, I'm, I'm bought in. Whatever you say, I'm with it. Yeah. So, but either way <laughs> yeah. though, but that's probably the one stretch of the album where I might just go back and listen. The other he, line is, mm, the I didn't like the way so that it was arranged. Yeah, um, I loved it. It was just kind of some of it was kind of annoying. It was a little too herky jerky. I me. just didn't like the the chorus. I thought it was a little corny. Okay. Someone's yeah. calling on my phone. Yeah. Someone one is ringing my bell it's like all right but the the whole i thought her voice was dope and i thought she did a really good job of playing the like concerned girlfriend that's trying to you know yeah uh but but you're right cool keith absolutely murdered weapon world he yeah. was he was so dope on and that. then in fact you know that that stretch of the album isn't too bad either if you go yeah. from crazy loose hideout to, yeah. if you like if you like the call and the other line exactly. then that's fine yeah so the, the call, call the other line, line crazy loose hideout weapon world big chance war party count macula and Macula's theory. theory that, that is, is a decent stretch that is an of the album. excellent stretch yeah, yeah. so that's probably for me that's probably the best stretch of the album yeah. as well i think um, i think honestly mc hustler was might have been my low light like from a okay. song perspective it's yeah. just like mc i'm just the mc hustling so yeah and the the, the beat for put the next uh the next man on or mm. the put the next man out i mean that was cool as well yeah that joint was hot and i thought yeah. breeze murdered that I, t- I said that already yeah he just um, he just wasn't my flavor and again like i just listened to him and he just kind of goes in the bag of like other people i'm like all right cool like you're rapping like bullseye pulls my leg and begging for mercy i like his style it's very unique um he just sounds like a a poor man's poor man's nas to me you know like his voice i don't even hear that comparison at all i couldn't help like the way he talks like if you think about the way nas is narrating belly like Tariq is kind of narrating this, but it's almost like he he he's not he can't like it's almost like he's got like extra. It's gonna sound pausish, but it almost sounds like he has like extra like saliva in his mouth. Like he's it's like difficult for him to formulate all of his words. I think uh, maybe part of it for me is um and you know now it's gonna be extra pausy. But uh the, my my homeboy Dead Man who uh, who battles on um in like URL league and you know a lot of these leagues their their voices and flows kind of sound similar okay and so as somebody who i grew up in high school rapping with you know hearing his voice i just maybe i also just kind of have an affinity to it like when i heard it i took to it immediately because it just reminded me of my boy you know who 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 rapped that's that's fair that's fair. uh, yeah, Yeah, yeah but he just he just wasn't my flavor and i think that that is probably the biggest um that's probably the the thing that's going to be most polarizing at least for us Mm. is that you you like Breeze, I don't yeah. like Breeze, and because of that, he's so prominent on this album that yep. if you're not really a big fan of him, 
it's gonna be like eh, like some yeah. of the stuff i'm like yo all right like get through this and if you, you know, don't like the kind of like prince paul like kind of sophomoric sense of humor yeah then i can also see how you you may not yeah. take to this but um because his sense of humor is, is all throughout this but yeah. uh in some cases it really it really hits and some it doesn't like even the story in in steady slavin i thought was, was h- uh, hilarious because again it reminds me of you know he's sitting there his mom makes him breakfast or whatever he's sitting there with his boy and he's telling his boy the story of the previous night <laughs> when he went out with his dudes and then you know he sees his girl and you know everything Thing, but then you kind of get like a little bit of her side of the story in the story so um yeah but i i, I really just like how, how the whole thing came together so definitely yeah. you know recommend it for folks that you know want to have like an, an interesting hip-hop meets cinema experience where you're listening to an album you can close your eyes and just kind of visualize the story as it mm-hmm. as it moves you know through the narrative no it's definitely an important piece of music it's a i would consider it a hip-hop staple despite the fact that it probably doesn't get talked about but i understand why yeah. the mainstream wouldn't discuss this this album i almost called it a movie <laughs> i understand why the mainstream wouldn't discuss this album as much as some of the other albums that came out around this time mm-hmm. um like i said it's not it's not for me personally but i don't i would i hope that my criticisms don't sound like kate i hope that you guys understand like it just it just really wasn't my flavor um but i really like that this album exists <laughs> i do I do. I really like that this album exists. Ooh, um, it's a really me. cool project, yo. It that reminds is. me of that, of that, of that uh, movie, Get Him to the Greek. You seen Get Him to the Greek? <laughs> yes. Where Russell Brand says something like, uh, what, what does he say? He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, um, I just think it's amazing because they have 12 albums. And then they're like, and he's like, they're like, well, you know, have you heard the albums? Like, do you like them? He's like, no, you know, not really into it, but I just respect the fact that you know they 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 did 12 albums (laughs) (laughs) no i I think that this is a really cool project and i totally understand why it has some of the i guess uh i won't call well we'll we'll call it the folklore or the the not folklore just the cult status yeah uh, cult classic status i i I get why it has why it's achieved that so did did you see this part appear because i had heard this what's that he tried to make it into a movie. Yeah. And I, well, I read that when I yeah. first looked into it. I didn't realize Chris Rock was the one that bought the rights to it. But um, yeah, he was going to make it a movie. I hope he doesn't make it a movie. I don't no, think it would be a good movie. I, well, it's because it's too campy. I, yeah, but I there are themes on here. They'd have to do it and make it more serious. It. Yeah, they'd have to do it way more serious. Yeah. Um, the story elements, parts of it are, are okay. Because like, look, he has an incentive for why he starts hustling yeah. whatever right um there are you know one of the things that this story does have mm-hmm. is the the concept of the therefore but so mm-hmm. what i mean by that is a bad story is one where the events are um the transition between the events is and then, then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened that's a bad story mm-hmm. a good story is this happened therefore this happened but then this happened because if this happened then then that happened it's like a therefore but thing okay. and this story does have that mm-hmm. so i have to give it props for that yeah. um but i think that in terms of some of the more specific writing yeah it would need a lot of work yeah especially even some of the things we love right like weapon world right like yeah. like it would have to be a little less goofy like yeah. you know otherwise it kind of just wouldn't work yeah but I, I don't know. 
know. Maybe they could do it. I, I, it would be an interesting thing to try to pull off, especially because. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's 20 years ago, dude. So yeah. I think that this, you know, this project is the idea of this becoming right. a movie is, is, you know, dead and gone. Maybe. It says something about he's trying to, to get a Kickstarter going. But the funny thing was he said he was inspired by Masterpiece I'm About It, which. <laughs> And then he's like, well, it was bad, but it was popular. <laughs> true, 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 true. So, I mean, that that, that does give you an example of a, a, a bad story, you know, that, that I mean, I, I feel like every every once in a while, like a rapper will come out with like a movie, you know, I got the hookup. They're coming out with I got the hookup too. Wow. It's supposed to be coming out this year. Wow. Yeah. And then I saw some I know video. I was going to watch it. <laughs> and then I saw some video of Masterpiece slapping this dude with a script. Yo, they said you was whack. Here's the script. I got the hookup three. I wrote it already. I'm like, <laughs> God. Anyway. anyway. All right. So I, unless you have anything else to add, I think that should wrap it up for Prince Paul. That Prince should wrap Mike it up for Prince Paul. Uh, you know, quick heads up to y'all. This is the last time we're going to be recording together yes, in the studio face, yeah. here in Alexandria. We're going to try to see about, you know, possibly doing the remote situation yeah we're gonna try um yeah it's a very earnest effort we've we're we are committed to to trying it's not just like we've actually have the plan about what we're gonna do to try so so give us give us some time to kind of try to sort out the kinks with that we may be a little less frequent in the Mm -hmm. near future but what i will say is if there's other episodes you haven't checked out go through there and check it out we definitely have like a lot of albums you're probably interested in if you're interested in prince paul you're probably going to be interested in you know the jay-z's and the Nas's right. and some of the other things that we kind of dissected critically um definitely check those out and recommend them to your friends like comment share all that other great stuff yeah until the next time we see y'all peace peace oh my goodness look what they singing through nowadays uh-huh, it's a lightweight and he got a smirk on his face like it's all of that yeah well we gonna see what it is what you ain't for, everything under the sun Recently got me first degree with a high gun That's my first strike, so exhibit can't go home Fight to see daylight like Sylvester Stallone Don't ask too many questions, nigga, keep that on the D-Lo My family might mistake you from an undercover CEO Last one that tried, didn't make it past booking Five times in the neck where everybody was looking You see the judge, but he don't budge That's the third felony I believe strike three, remanded and stranded To the cold still granted Lost to the world, your moms and your girl Keep your weight up or your ass get ate up Cats are sticking straight up With the shank, get more time in the tank Ass Hank, you robbed the bank, killed the cop with high rank They gave him life and now another cat is fucking his wife Just because I'm locked down don't mean the hustling stop Hair on and pin joints, $20 a pop You a new recruit, so today I'm letting you slide But tomorrow you be confronted with choosing a side You a smart motherfucker, you be rolling with mine Behind bars, no bitches and cars, we only got time Where I'm from, time is money, ain't got neither to waste Once in a while, catching cane and I ain't in the wrong place Beat up down, break the strongest hand, piss in his face Strike fear, play the rear, boy, catching the case Low class, got a dozen free visitors packed Plus the female CEO the one to give me some ass This is your new homeboys where you survive at all costs And if you don't, well, it's only your loss You're only here cause you tried to force to be the boss, huh? Every your time, like a man